things had changed, time had passed, and I heard from the boys they had started many of their investigations over from scratch. A retcon, they called it. It had been a while since I'd seen my favorite Amazon. She got in her own movie, and I was in the mood to celebrate on Paradise Island. But it seemed that even Diana was not impervious to this universal restart. There was a lot to unpack here. And if I had to sift through this disappointing mess, I'd need the boys to play sidekick once again. Hi, I'm John. And I'm Matthew. And I'm Shannon. And we are the DC Detectives. It is our job to go back through the annals of DC Comics history and chronicle the evolution of all your favorite heroes from start to every reversible finish. Shannon's back. Woo! Hey! Woo! Yeah, you know what that means, everybody. We screwed this up last time because it was just a scheduling error that didn't work out. But Shannon's back, which means Wonder Woman. And I'm holding that grudge. Well, you don't really... It's not going to get better from this episode, unfortunately. No. And honestly, last episode <laughs> that we had Wonder Woman wasn't much better either. But I could have talked about the movie. That's you true. Yeah, you could have yeah. talked about the movie with us. Right. Um, also, Shannon, how do you like the uh, the new office? It's been your first time here since the Silver Age, so we've got some new lighting fixtures. Joanne looks better rendered, I think we decided was the term. Joanne looks different. The hair definitely was Her hair is different. She, she missed you. She needs. Aww. She wanted a little more girl power in the office, and she she's she's become snarkier now in the Silver Age, and I'm not sure I enjoy the snark as much as just the silent reprimanding that she used to give me. That's because she lets no man define her. Um. So, but yes, it's Shannon's first time uh, for the Silver Age, so welcome, welcome. We're going to be actually probably hitting a lot more characters in the Silver Age um, as we get more chronologically to them. I'm assuming we're going to do Batgirl, Supergirl, Black Canary. So excited! When we do. Um, I want to say the Hawks. I'd probably like you here as well because it has Hawk Girl is actually straight up in those as opposed to being a sidekick. She is Shaira from Thanagar. So that might be interesting to see kind of your take on that as well. Um, I'm going to see how many volumes of these characters are actually out there and just start picking. Mm -hmm. Like, if we can do Metamorpho, I want to. And we could do the Elongated Man. Let's do it. Be prepared, gumshoes. I'm excited for Metamorpho, all right? Or all Plastic Man. Our teeth and ambitions are bared. They are. Be prepared. Thank you. Uh, so I guess we'll just start. We're only doing, let's see, yeah, about four or five issues here because all the issues that we have in the Showcase Presents volume that we have been given are actual issues, full issues, um, one to two stories in each. So they're almost the mags like you get from Superman as opposed mm -hmm. to Superman showing up in action as well as Superman. Wonder Woman is only showing up in Wonder Woman. I think honestly that's to her benefit because yeah. because with Green Lantern and Flash we had previously they would show up in Showcase Presents until they got their their book which was then started to make them have longer stories. I think for her it's just good that she's getting a full mag which is nice. And for a bit of context on that one so she has been getting a full mag. Uh, there are it's actually really fascinating like I went and I read uh, just kind of skimmed the issue right before what we start on. It's Golden Age art. I don't think it's the exact same artist, but the style is unmistakably that kind of uh, flatter look. Mm. I, I'm grasping at straws trying to describe it, but you look at it and it is Golden Age art. Uh, and this, there is obviously an advancement here to the next stuff, but she was getting a full mag as recently as the month before. Which is interesting, too, because some of these characters... I honestly think the Trinity were the only ones getting full mags up until mm -hmm. this point, until everybody else got cancelled, and then you've got, I mean, I guess Aquaman? Uh, maybe? I don't know. 
I thank God Martian Manhunter wasn't. Oh, <laughs> oh poor, poor John Jones. All right, so we're going to start with Wonder Woman number 98, May 1958. This is... Uh, Everything is written by Robert Kaniger and Andrew, uh, drawn by, gosh, I forget his first name, but um, uh, Ross Andrew yes. is the artist. And uh, Mike Esposito was yeah. the inker. Esposito yeah. actually does a really great job with the inks on these. Um, Kaniger, for those of you who follow uh, along at home, was the writer for Flash. John Broom was Green Lantern. Uh, Broom and Kaniger uh, flopped on and off for Flash, but Kaniger is the one mostly responsible for the Flash work. Mm-hmm. And he- to set the tone of all of what we're about to cover, this is all under the executive editorship of Whitney Ellsworth, who did, uh, what was it, Superman and not Brave and the Bold, I've got to read that. World's Finest. World's Finest and Batman. Okay, so, this is, Superman. so this is the guy who's, who's spearheading World's Finest. Oh boy, remember those last two episodes we did and how weird those were. <laughs> yes, the Mother Goose cases and going back in time with hypnosis. So Wonder Woman number 98, May 1958. Retcon alarm! It's the retcon alarm. Wonder Woman gets completely retconned in this, this issue. This is not a good look for her. No. Oh, God, literally. I do like her hair in these, though. Well, no! She's got the victory curls. Yeah, that, that's for the 50s a lot. Like, that's very... Her, there's I'm, nothing I'm wrong pretty, with her hair. What's wrong with her hair? I don't like what it does. Especially in combination with the tiara. Uh, in combination with the tiara and the very minimal look to her shoulders. Yeah, I, I honestly think it makes her look a little too dainty. I don't know. Um, well, they do make her pretty darn dainty. Yeah. That I understand. Right, but I but like... the her. victory curls, it's very symbolic of the era. And also, like, to, to set this out, like, to set our biases on the table at the beginning, for me, Wonder Woman is always at her best when she is, like, the version in the movie. The person who is physically very strong who is the closest they have that the justice league has to like a single combat not a brawler but like a a cora character here is someone who is buff but also has the elegance of okay being a master at her chosen uh weapon styles and i also agree that while i personally prefer the visual strength and seeing someone who is more built muscular clearly able to do this i also understand that for each era there was a difference and i think it's as this female power has sort of climbed in the last decade or so i've become more accepting and being able to go yes i can have that and I think at the time I wouldn't have expected it. And so I wouldn't have been shocked to have this lovely little dainty upturned nose doll of a girl playing Wonder Woman. There's there's also something to the idea that just because you have super strength doesn't mean you need to look buff. Yeah. Because there's nothing, literally nothing, that makes any sense as to why Clark is huge and jacked. Mm-hmm. Because if he has super strength, muscles literally don't matter other than making him stronger than he already is. So that's kind of a mindset that I have, too, is, like, she doesn't need to be huge. It's super strength. There's nothing that governs her actual muscles making her any stronger. Unless she's the juggernaut, it doesn't matter. So, yes, it is a mileage may vary versus um, what you prefer in the style. I do like her always being drawn taller 
Because yes. to me, that's what Amazons are, just taller, broader women. But whether or not she's willowy or actually muscular to me, I'm like, I'd rather prefer you be written well. <laughs> I'd rather your stories be better yeah. than I we mean, focus if, if on your comes, visual. If it comes down to one or the other, then yeah, take the writing every day. Yeah. That but, being said, the writing. Speaking of... Oh, yes. God! <laughs> yeah, speaking of... Jumping back in. We know, Joanne. We're sorry. Um, <laughs> we're just going to I got you, up. Joanne. I'm on your side. So the retcon alarm has been sounded. Wonder Woman in this... Uh, is shown on Paradise Island. Uh, she's already called Diana, thank God. Um, she doesn't need to be named at the end of the contest like she was in the Golden Age. That's right, I forgot about oh, that. Well, I didn't. Wonder Woman must compete in a series of challenges with the rest of the Amazons for the chance to go and fight for truth and justice according to Athena's mandate that she sets out to the Amazons. So Athena seems to be the only goddess that shows up here on Paradise Island. Yes, Shannon. Which is interesting because this is one of the few times that she is straight up allowed to compete instead mm. of Correct. disguising herself. Correct. And... To pendulum swing the exact opposite way from that, we're going to show that Wonder Woman makes everyone dress up like her to remove her mother's biases. Because she goes, if, I, if I'm going to be in this, my mom's going to be biased towards me. So everyone should just wear masks that look like me. And how are the masks that realistic? But Amazonian technology, let's oh, just call oh, it. Oh, I'm just going to say, it's all Alpha. Because Alpha's the coolest Amazon in the fucking world. I love Alpha so much. All right, I we're gonna get to Alpha. I did not expect that. I did not expect that reaction. So, Diana competes with the rest of these Amazons. No giant kangaroos, unfortunately, guys. Or Diana save ceremonies. It's just a bunch of competitions that are normal Amazonian things, and uh, she, of course, wins and is told, "All right, um, you're gonna go to Man's World and do awesome stuff." But your first challenge, according to the goddess Athena is to make a million dollars out of one penny. This specific penny. Thank God they specified, because I would I was thinking the entire story. She could just get any penny. doesn't matter if she has the one. But they specifically call out this penny that Hippolyta gives her. So, as soon as she gets the penny, of course, Steve Trevor's jet is crash-landing over Paradise Island. Wonder Woman, I guess, flies, question mark? Well, uh, she, she ends up using the air currents, yeah. is what she goes for. But now there's this whole new retcon of no man's foot can touch the island or all of them lose their power. Correct. That is their new big fear. So she stops Steve Trevor from actually landing on the island, gets in her straight up invisible jet, not an invisible plane. Look at that thing. It's great. And they get in the invisible jet, they fly back to Man's World, and she immediately gets to work on trying to make a million dollars out of this penny. Shenanigans ensue, basically. A which... bird, like, there's a contest for throw it across a river and get a thousand bucks. It's impossible. Wonder Woman's like, I'm totally going to do it. And they're like, little girl, no. And she's like, watch me. And then a bird takes it, so she lassos the bird, and it's it's bad. It's Hashtag... a Steve Martin comedy was the way I thought yeah. of it. Hashtag birds aren't feminists. They don't want women to, to succeed. That bird's a jerk. Bird's a jerk. <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's, that's a jerk bird. So what you're saying is, <laughs> Professor Xavier's persona is actually a bird. Yes, yes, Professor Xavier does not want women to succeed in his life. Mostly it was just the Professor Xavier is a jerk line. Yeah, that's true. That too. His persona uh, would be a bird. He is... Look, listen to Jay and Miles explain the X-Men for all the ways that Professor Xavier is not okay in some of his past portrayals. Yes, exactly. Speaking of not okay in their past portrayals, <laughs> Wonder Woman continues to do stupid things with this penny, and eventually she finds a contest that says, if you can build a bridge... It's not a contest. It's They end up having a work order place right. where they're like, we want a bridge and we're willing to pay a million dollars, but no one can 
a, yeah. like take on this contract. No one can do it. And uh, she pounds a suspension bridge out of a copper penny. Now, I'm not a scientist. I think we're all aware of that on the podcast. You've been listening for over 50 episodes now. And you yeah. know that I'm not that smart. Um, but I know, I know for a fact that the law of conservation of matter means that a single friggin' penny can't turn into a suspension bridge. And I don't care if you're magic Amazon crazy. That just ain't gonna happen. That dog won't hunt. But she does it. It happens. And they just give her a million bucks. And that's how she does it. And speaking of, the million dollars is supposed to be used for a children's charity. Athena's yeah. incredibly specific about what she wants Very. done. So Wonder Woman then gives a million dollars to a children's charity that I guess Steve Trevor's involved with and goes on picnics with the kids. I think it might be entirely unrelated. It's just two different children-oriented charities. Yeah. We're going to see. like, There's like a mandate that, on the one hand, people have to be like motivated by money to some degree sometimes because it's... I mean, it's a very easy to, uh, to understand motive, but it always has to immediately be like, but it's going to charity. Yeah, it's Ugh. it's it, bad. It's it's heavy-handed, especially. It's transparent. Yes, uh, Wonder Woman number ninety-nine, July nineteen fifty-eight. Wonder Woman saves Steve from being lost in space using comets and stuff. That's like literally the actual words that I and wrote in my note. Fashionable spacesuit I've ever seen, i.e., an artist being real darn lazy. Yeah. Um, also, P.S., there's a planet of sentient silicon, um, yeah. creatures that are using mind powers to gravitate meteorites and comets to themselves so they can destroy... Earth for no... Earth for no discernible reason. reason, yeah. And, um, I almost, almost counted this as a Gimli, uh, a, a Phoenix-style Gimli, where the, the sentient silicon life forms get destroyed by, a, uh, a comet... But they do it to themselves by accident. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of one of those things where if Wonder Woman had thrown a comet at them and killed them, I would have been like, congrats, Wonder Woman, you're on the board with the Flash. But no. Uh, Wonder Woman is safe from a body count ding. So is Steve Trevor, by the way, this entire time. For now. For now. Uh, the next story deals with Wonder Woman's secret identity uh, being retconned. Um, this is just a... It's the worst secret identity retcon I've ever seen in my life and it doesn't make sense for why she then maintains said no, secret identity. No, it does not. Uh, Steve bets Diana that if he can find her three times in a crowd, she has to marry him. So within I have twenty four hours. In, within twenty four hours, I have a lot to say about Steve Trevor that I'm going to come back to because so much. To he say. was the chosen one. He was supposed to bring balance to the force, not throw it in darkness. I'm sorry. I have a lot. I have a lot. To say no, about Steve no, Trevor. No, no, no. So what's great is there's Wonder Woman saying, I am sent here on a mission to do good, to do great, to help people. And Steve is like, babe, be mine. And she's like, honey, I am, but not marriage because then you'll just be tying me down and I still have to go off for all these things. Right. And he's like, but babe, I love you so much. I could do all of this. And she's like, haha, very funny. And he's like, if I can do this three times... Marry me. And right. she's like, no way. No Bullshit. Way. And he cheats. He cheats. He cheats at this. So Steve tries, before the contest begins, to slip a ring on her finger because he's like, well, we're practically engaged already because I've won this before time. So here. And he puts a ring on her without her consent. 
I have things to say about she Steve takes Trevor. She back off and goes, uh-uh. Yes. Ain't no thing. She takes the ring off and proceeds to try and hide from Steve in a couple of scenarios wherein Steve finds her. And we find out that Steve had put some sort of chemical on the ring that glows in the dark so he can see it from afar. And he's been cheating the whole time to find her. So, within the 24-hour period... I'm sorry, I have to... I have to play Time Master real quick. Within the 24-hour period, <laughs> Diana finds a military intelligence secretary exam, does the entire military intelligence secretary exam without any background checks, without any training, and somewhere in this military training exam, there is an underwater segment. Deep sea room. <laughs> There's a deep sea room where they give her her diploma in that room, which probably has no ink on it, by the way, anymore, because it's been saturated with water, and so you know, it's a useless diploma. You know the best part about that part? Is upon giving, it's like all the rest of the applicants dropped out. So yeah. I'm like, yeah, because the moment you say dive down here without any scuba mask, whatever, I'd be right. like, uh, no. No, I'm out. Help. I'm a secretary. I'm a secretary. <laughs> what is involved in this test? And through all of this, this takes enough time for the chemical on her finger to wear off. She gets the job and is then made Steve's personal secretary and Steve doesn't recognize her when she's right and next to him with cat eye glasses on. It's something like he says five or six hours left yes. for his 24 yeah. hours, which means that was done in a really short period of like, time. Within within 20 hours, she did all of that. Yeah, no. Everything about these stories is going to be some fucking bullshit. So, I don't know how quickly the military in the 50s was just like, what, you want to be a military intelligence secretary? Sure, come on in. You want to dive underwater and stuff? Can you break codes and things? Congrats, you got the job. And the next day, show up for work. Ladies and what? gentlemen, this is how society gets broken into and destroyed from the inside. Yes, this is, this is no wonder we had tons of Soviet spies in our <laughs> government. It was so easy. It was so easy. All you had to do was know how to hold your breath for a long time and everyone else would just <laughs> drop out of the program. I don't understand. <sighs> so, yeah, Steve is actually really terrible at recognizing Diana because he can't do it without chemicals on her fingers. And apparently within that 24-hour period, the ring wore off, the, the, the chemical wore off, and she wins. Hooray! She now still has this job. And then doesn't reveal to Steve, oh, ha, ha. Yeah. I'm your secretary. What's up, stupid? Yeah, We, no. we don't even get, like, the grand reveal, like, ha! No. Uh, we don't get that. Moment. We don't, we don't, we don't. All right. Uh, Wonder Woman number 100, August 1958. Hooray! Issue 100 of a story we finally actually found one time where we covered the 100th issue of a book. That's aren't, kind of neat. Aren't you glad that there's going to be a story where they're talking about it being the 100th issue? <sighs> okay. <laughs> so apparently, Diana, this is new as well, everyone, for the retcon. Apparently, yearly, Diana has to compete for the ability to be Wonder Woman. Like, it's not just like, congrats, you're Wonder Woman. Also, um, she's allowed to go back to Paradise Island. Still. Um, that's something they kept from the Golden Age. But uh, eventually, at some point... The woman who leaves Paradise Island will not be allowed to return or whatever. That's That becomes part of the myth of Wonder Woman and whatever. She has to return to Paradise Island to, for the right to be Wonder Woman. Goes back to Paradise Island, does a bunch of trials, and then Alpha, the best Amazon ever, because just the only one who isn't dressed in Grecian outfit, has a bob cut, cat eye glasses, is like a scientist, is the Amazonian equivalent of Q... 
and I love it. It's hilarious. It's so out of place. It doesn't make any sense. Um, Alpha then tells everybody the uh, the X Dimension machine is ready. Thank God we were all so worried about that. And Diana says, "Well, I'm going to test it out because it's supposed to put you in another dimension, and I'm super awesome." And she gets in the She's machine. She's wonderful. She's wonderful. Uh, she gets in the machine. The machine works. She comes back, but there's a second Diana. That second Diana is the Diana from the X Dimension. And they say, well, um, I guess compete to see who's the better Wonder Woman, I guess, for reasons unknown that no one really cares about. Well, it's like, I don't think it's the rest of Wonder Woman's group that no. says yeah. challenge. It's this person goes, by the way, now that I'm here, I'm going to challenge you. I'm like, how do you know about this? I guess presumably the same rules apply on X Dimension and Themyscira. It didn't seem like that when we eventually see X Dimension. Fair. Like, I, I I almost wonder if it's like one of the few things that's constant, like the uh, Captain Britons. There are a couple things that carry over between them. That's but, fair. But yeah, the, basically convenient plot bullshit. Wonder Woman and X Dimension Wonder Woman begin to do their competition. It's back and forth, neck and neck, and the next Dimension Wonder Woman says, "Well, she has to come back to X Dimension with me because reasons." And because it's been a tie and we need to fair. do something so we've been doing it on your planet let's do it on mine right so they go back to the x dimension where they fight giants and wonder woman saves x dimension wonder woman from giants and she's like you know what you're cooler than me you're wonder woman from here and on your dimension planet hooray diana next story in the 100th issue apparently there's like some weird amazon truman show going on that i'm not really sure why it's occurring because they have cameras that are watching Wonder Woman at every oh, yeah. given moment, and that's how they write their own Amazon comic about Wonder Woman. Now, I know what you're thinking, Matt. How was this not John's pet peeve about having comics about them within their own comic? That actually was my assumption. I know. I know. And here's why this actually works. It's a it loophole. Works. This is a loophole because it's written by the Amazons... And not um, by an actual comic company. It, it's an in-universe It's an in-universe book, as opposed to the world's finest, or the Amazon, or, or like the Wonder Woman comic, or like the Detective Comics comic. It's not an actual DC brand comic, it is Themyscira's Wonder Woman comic. And that's totally fine for me. There is actually a way to get around this. Had they go like, this is the Gotham City Comic Company or the Metropolis Comic Company, I'd be totally fine. But the second they pull up their actual comic with the actual cover of the comic on it, I'm like, no, that's too meta. How dare you? <laughs> that doesn't make that ep- like no, it doesn't that make no issue but at this, all. This is this is a running pet peeve between me okay. and Matt. Okay, so because that's happened. The issue is still awful. No, the issue is still dumb <laughs> as hell. It's still the Truman Show, and I hate it. But that that's a running joke between me and Matt is the is bringing up comics of yourself in your own comic, and I was like, no, stop it, Flash. Jay Garrick was the worst about it. And um, he did it like three times. Uh, But the Amazons are really concerned because they have no content for their 100th issue that they're going to put into this time capsule that they have on Paradise Island because of reasons. And they make Wonder Woman just like, go do exciting stuff so we can make a comic hastily. And she does a bunch of really amazing things, but unfortunately there's, you know, like squid ink that clouds or stun in the clouds or what, I don't know, dumb stuff. Dumb for dumb reasons. It doesn't get it. And it's a throwaway way that they do this by just having her lift the island of Paradise Island with the invisible jet to make it dodge a tidal wave. Yep. It would be at this point, I should mention, that if we're going to talk about Wonder Woman's skill with items, her lasso is, like, the only thing she truly believes in. Correct. Unless you're talking about her tiara, which is made of Amazonium. 
which was only used at once, That's and I'm just... trying to re- ignore it because Amazonium. Yeah, you know what yep. we haven't seen in these issues at all? No bullets and bracers. Yeah. None of that. Oh, that's, that's, that's my favorite. It is. It's the coolest in the world. And correct me if I'm wrong, she's got, uh, like, iron bracelets, bracelets at this point. Yeah. Uh, Wonder Woman number 101, October 1958. Steve again bets Wonder Woman that if he, uh, if she saves him three times within 24 hours, she has to marry him because he clearly needs her. That's a weird bet. That sounds like he should just die. Any, yeah. man, that <laughs> yeah. any man that needs saving that much either needs three to go in... back into rehab, figure his shit out, and then he's yeah. marriage material. Send that one back to the store. He's broken. Um... <laughs> There's a time technicality that helps her win this, basically, that she saves him a third time, but she saves him, like, 15 minutes after the time limit. It's really stupid, and it doesn't make any sense. Um, And the next story, this is actually the best story in the entire group. Steve and Wonder Woman are uh, lured by the Time Master into a funhouse. Ty M. Master, get it It's Ty M. Master, but then he reveals himself to be the Time Master master he says that later in the story so it's like yeah. professor t.o morrow like professor morrow from who makes uh amazo no that's um professor ivo t.o morrow makes red tornado sorry i'm getting my my mad scientists confused um <laughs> it's okay this guy's pretty mad because he has no yeah. reason behind what he's time doing. master yeah time master's just kind of doing stupid stuff by having wonder woman and steve in this funhouse that if they open a mirror door it sends them into an an instance of crisis at some point in time that they then have to solve and the second they do they get put back into the room and wonder woman pulls the flash's gag by vibrating at such a high speed that she gets to pass through objects without having to open the doors and that's how she finds time master and the second she does that he's like you won bye and leaves like he doesn't like she doesn't fight him she doesn't do anything she just goes like i got you tag and he goes yep you done it Congrats, uh, bye, and then leaves, and as he does so, the funhouse collapses around them and disappears into the ether, and that's the end of the story. No, 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 a crowd of people is outside where a funhouse yeah, used to be. used to be, because uh, that was weird. I'm like, that can't be safe, that you're just, like, Jumanjiing this entire, like, time <laughs> funhouse. But that's it. That's all we're covering. And I will say, the Time Master story and Wonder Woman and Steven Space are probably the two best stories in this that don't revolve around... Steve and Wonder Woman trying to get with each other that doesn't have some arbitrary weird like um like thing like task for Wonder Woman to do there's actual something to do like Steve being Mm -hmm. lost in space or the Time Master trapping them those are real actual genuine conflicts that they have if you had to if I had to pick yeah yeah. if we had to pick (laughs) those are the best ones in the group and and I'll say that I'll agree with that but I think those are still only like marginally better than Martian Manhunter. Yeah, no, I think not. that even even if you take out the the stories where the the plot and the narrative are sabotaging itself, mm-hmm. uh, even if you take those out, this is at best Martian Manhunter level. Yeah, this are, is on a whole the worst stuff we've covered. These are super weak and really bad and really contrived. But of the worst, those are the best, and that's all I'll say. I will agree and endorse that. Now, before we get into more stuff, I said I had things about Steve Trevor. You know, what I was really hoping for in that second marriage one, and I was figuring it wouldn't happen, but I was hoping for it, was that she would save him. And because it opens up with the teaser photo going, if she saves me, she loses the bet. She loses either way, essentially. And I'm going, if you're recognizing it's a loss for her, maybe she does save him. And he goes... I realize how special you are and how much you help me 
and maybe I won't pressure you into marrying me yet. That would have been a great moment. I yes. would have loved it. Hurrah for Steve Trevor. That's not what happened. No. So, what I'm going to bring up is, remember remember back in the Green Lantern issues we were doing with John uh, Broom, uh, and how sexy it was to have Hal and Carol drawn so close to each other with their flirty looks? Here's the problem with what's going on in Wonder Woman. Steve is being drawn like he's Hal. So we were saying, you know, what Hal's doing might actually be perceived to be kind of creepy, except for the fact that they both are consensually okay with it. Mm -hmm. Steve looks like he's actively creeping on Wonder Woman. And what I gotta say, though, is through all of this, the only... The only thing I could think of was his name is now Skeeve Trevor. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Because he's so oh, skeevy. It's gross. That was bad enough that I just peaked the mic. Yeah, it's so bad. But I'm like, he's all he is is skeevy. He's cat calling her. He's not calling her Diana. He's just calling her Angel or Darling or Wonderful or whatever. It's it is terrible. From Steve, who used to follow her and watch her do awesome things and support her and always give her the credit whenever he was given credit all he's doing is just trying to get laid yeah okay so to specifically describe the uh the facial structure and what's so bad about it first off uh <laughs> so it, bad. very frequently he'll be grinning like a chimpanzee does the thing where you see both the upper teeth and the bottom teeth and they're clenched together yeah uh that's the way he smiles. Weird. Uh, you also have, uh, I think they're called smile lines. The lines between the edge of uh, yeah. his mouth, uh, the edge of his uh, lips, and his nose. Like, those are just super pronounced. And at the same time, his eyebrows uh, are narrowed, but like raised at the back. So they're doing like that kind of quirk thing. It's, uh, it, yeah. He looks smarmy. It's predatory. Yes. It's predatory. Profoundly. Compared to, again, Hal was smoldering, Steve is predatory. And it really matters if the woman is drawn in control and comfortable with the situation, like Carol was drawn, versus Wonder Woman who looks like she has absolutely no comfort with this and looks tense. Well, and even in these bets, because he's, he's putting this pressure already on her, both it visibly for us and verbally... And at each stage of the bet, he's like, guess what? What if you just give up now? Marry me. Come on. Do it. Do it, please. Yeah. Well, I guess please isn't really good. He never says please. <laughs> there's no, and there's no reason for her to agree to these bets. Mm -hmm. There's literally no reason for her to agree to any of these bets other than just, um, no, you're a jerk and I know that's not possible. No, you want to know why she agrees to these bets? Because how else would the writers fill the content? Because clearly they did not have ideas. I'm so disappointed in Kaniger. I'm so disappointed in him because the Flash comics are so good. Yes. He's so good. And these are after the Flash comics. Yep. So he, I know he can write that good. What the hell happened? That, that bit of, like, filling content is absolutely very on point beca and because it is the Wonder Woman equivalent of the Lois Lane trying to figure out his ident uh, Superman's identity. Here's yeah. the key difference. So, first off, uh, to, to rewind a little bit, uh, at no point does Steve Trevor ever put skin in the game when it comes to these bets. 
it is purely a bet that if he loses, nothing happens to him. Yeah. It is just if he wins, then Wonder Woman has to marry him. Has to, air quotes, scare quotes, etc. Yeah. Uh, but here's the key thing. Every time we got a one of those stories uh, in where Lois Lane is trying to figure out uh, Superman's identity. First off, it's identity and not marriage. Uh, anything, anything romance related is going to get a little skeezy when you do a bet. Uh, second off, it was a woman doing it to a man instead of the other way around. It takes it out of the kind of skeezy uh, power dynamics, uh, uh, that situation. Uh, but third and most importantly, those Lois Lane trying to figure out Superman's identity were always a contest of wits. Here, it is never portrayed, Maybe I think once it is portrayed as a contest, and that only feels like a contest because Steve uh, Trevor is cheating. Right. And specifically, here's the thing. That bit of, like, hey, looking for the ring indentation or whatever, like, residue it left, that was specifically framed as cheating. Not as, oh, that's actually a really good ploy. Uh, no, it's portrayed as cheating. Compared to, however, the second bet where she had to save him three times, he was like, how the hell am I going to get in danger with these stupid assignments? Yep. And he ended up getting serendipitously in danger for no reason whatsoever. That I gave him. I was like, you're literally not fabricating these instances. Because I expected He's himself not... to, like, sign me up for a dangerous mission right now. Do it. Do it. Do it. Or well, I'm going to walk into the street. Like, he he was just like, I'm sitting at the beach. And what the hell can happen to me at the beach? And I'm like, a squid's going to fall on his head or no, something No, it stupid. was like a missile or something. Yeah, I it was think like, it's the universe off. trying yeah. to tell Wonder Woman you should yeah. probably just let Squid, this rocket, go. same thing. Both equally devastating to, to Steve Take Trevor. him out back. Yeah. Put him out of his misery. Bring him, bring him, bring him back to the store. That one's broken. But that's, the randomness is still an issue for me because it's taking out the chance of, like, the interplay. The right. contest portion of it matters because it becomes a, alright, we're, we're doing this, this is a game. It's a game is so much of what matters about right. that dynamic between Lois and Superman is that it is a game of wits. Here, it's literal like, it's a game of chance, at, 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 if anything. The problem I have with the Lois Lane situation is, at no point, yes, Clark loves Lois, but she is a danger to him. Mm -hmm. Because she wants to report on who he is. And then she wants to marry him. She's not, she's not taking a hint from Superman. She's purposefully doing everything she can in creepy ways to a degree not like steve trevor creepy but in like that's a stalker a stalker would do that ways mm -hmm. she, and I, I that's kind of what agree, makes me uncomfortable about her it also doesn't feel like stalkery it doesn't because of how it's portrayed it, but if you take it in isolation yes no no but it doesn't because it's a woman to a man yes and that's the thing is if you take the gender out of it she's stalking him and mm -hmm. that's not okay it, and that's that's uncomfortable that's an uncomfortable dynamic. Agreed. I do think that keeping it within the context that it is in is still important. But yeah, it, it well, is absolutely true that if you take the gender dynamic out, then yeah. That's well, true. that's the thing is if you put the context of these, these are supposed to be happy, happy and playful. And that's the thing is... I don't the, think no, it achieves it. <laughs> the, no, it doesn't. No. But that's the thing is the context really doesn't matter for these situations, neither for Lois or for him. Those are creepy people. Lois and Steve are really uncomfortable in the Silver Age for a lot of reasons. Lois doesn't take a hint. She doesn't back off. 
and she likes to get involved in the situations that would literally endanger her life just so that she can marry Superman or find out his identity. Steve is the biggest friggin' creep for Wonder Woman because all he's trying to do is marry her because reasons. She's attractive. And, and let's not forget, he's, he actually literally can't pick her out of a crowd. Like, that's the worst thing. Is he literally actually can't. He had to cheat to do it. It then makes you step back and question if he's doing it for the fame. Because he is in a relationship with Wonder Woman. It is not a hidden thing. It is, they are in a relationship. She goes and cheers him on. All of that. How much of it is he just wants her on his arm? Right. The Wonder Woman. Exactly. Wonder Woman is amazing. And unlike... In her first appearances, where Steve just happened to be there and kind of hold his own, this Wonder Woman is being held back right. by Steve. I think you're absolutely correct. Alright, so one little, one last little thing about uh, Steve that sucks. So we, the reason we talk so much about like those two stories is because they are two out of the seven stories. Like, there, we only cover seven stories. Two-sevenths of them are this shit. Uh, so, anyways, we feel strongly about that. Uh, <laughs> second, uh, I talked about, like, the stories as a whole just aren't very good, and I compared them to Martian Manhunter. So the, the specifics of them, like, the the powers aren't being used creatively. Nope. Uh, yeah. It's just... It's Where's ver- my bullets? Yeah! No bullets cool and bracers. Stuff. Like, out of all... Oh, that's what happens. When someone tried to shoot at him at a dance... And she oh. threw her tiara. Yeah. When has she ever... That is a great moment for her to do a burst of speed, go cling, and back those bullets up. Amazonium, everybody. Uh, the other bit there is, like, doubling down on the lack of creative uses of powers. Uh, challenges come up and are quickly resolved. You remember us talking about that with Martian Manhunter, uh, and to a degree Superman, but, like... With <laughs> yeah, no, it's pretty bad. Uh, there's just there's no tension because in any given story, it's like oh, some there's a challenge that comes up, there's a disaster, and it's immediately resolved. And unlike with the Superman stories that we saw, like there isn't the core hook of a story that we care about. Like Superman, it was like oh, hey, I need to outsmart this guy seven times in order to uh, avoid him like being able to take this land and this guy's gold. Stuff like that. Uh, or, hey, I need to keep outsmarting Lois because she's on to my secret identity. There's no stakes of interest here. And as a result, it's just no, dra- no drama in that the, the challenges come up and they're immediately resolved. And a lot of the sequences just undermine themselves. So talking about the x-dimension version of uh wonder woman uh, there are the two challenges that are just like okay olympic fantasy olympic uh style challenges uh one of them is like can you race across a bunch of giant candle wicks and put them out and the drama of it isn't like seeing whether one person is faster than the other the drama is literally i couldn't tell who it was who just ran that uh race was it my daughter, uh, Hippolyta, saying this? Or is it the other version? And it's just, there was never any point where they would be confused for each other. It's yeah. just, I didn't care to keep track initially. It's so, it, it feel, it, and it sucks because 
it actually uses, uh, paneling-wise, it does those like three panels like next to next to next to each other to show the passage of time, where you could actually show two versions of Diana running against each other. But instead, they, the, the thing that they hook the drama on is this thing that any reasonable person would have already figured out. Just have, like, have them wearing a flag or something. Yeah. Also, in those competitions, all you have to do is be the person who goes second, because yeah. then you just one-up them by doing whatever they just did, except on your hands. On cooler. Yeah, because they literally have no power difference. It's just, like, how much flair can one person have? Woo! Sorry. Yeah. I, I don't know where that came from. <laughs> it's glorious. It's okay. And the dialogue is often uninteresting trash. Drop your guns, you buzzards. Oh, the was... only thing around here that will drop is you, pigeon. God. Steve Trevor. It was the so worst bad. human being on the planet so right now. We've also talked with uh, Superman stories. We talked about how there were like five different types of stories. Right now, it's not quite to that degree, but there are two stories that get used the most. It's multiple Wonder Women and Wonder Woman trying to win a bet to avoid marrying Steve. And then that'll stop being the case pretty quickly. But for now, like I think that's like four out of the seven stories that we covered in this. Yeah, it sucked. A uh, little bit of context. So this is the start of a run of ten years for the uh, pencil and inker of Ross Andrew and Mike Esposito. They apparently define they define the uh, the look in the Silver Age for Wonder Woman. They also said it was really hard to work with the writer because he had anger management. Issues. Really? Did you read that? I didn't yes. know that. A little bit more overview stuff, just to... I mean, we didn't mention any of this, which should tell you kind of everything you need to know on its own, but uh, these are sci-fi. They're not... Mm -hmm. the, the Greek god aspect is not completely gone, but it's a setup of how she got her powers. It's not like there's a Greek god theme. Yeah. It nope. definitely has that feel, like the comics code kind of went in, and they were like, well, maybe we should uh, stick to Judeo-Christian yeah. stuff. Also, the sex is gone, the fetish work is gone, the pushback against patriarchy is gone, and even the appeal to love as an ideal is gone. Like, yeah, yeah. I told, I told you, man. And yeah, actually, you were the one that said it, and I was the one. I was like, I'm willing to believe that, like, it's okay, but like, he was the feminist, and for, for what Marsden called feminism, yes, it was more than anything could be said for these comics. But if nothing else, it at least tried it put a spotlight it focused the it put the camera on questions of gender and power relationships right. and patriarchy uh i also like we've kind of touched on art wise diana like i i'm not hugely enthused by this version of diana's look uh, and I, one of the other bits that kind of makes her look more dainty She's often drawn so that the her sh her shoulders look very weak. The angle from the base of her neck to her shoulders and down her arm is it's a small angle. It's not uh, like there's a reason we have the phrase "square your shoulders" as something that's like bracing for impact, looking powerful. Uh, we don't see that. She she looks rounded there. It doesn't look like she has any defined shoulders to me. Yeah. Uh, and the the tiara is gigantic, like. We went through, in, in the Golden Age, the tiara was, like, it looked like maybe it was, like, four inches tall or something yeah. like that. This is about a foot. Uh, some panel layouts. 
There's some panel layouts that just suck. Like, I'm mm. sorry to keep bagging on the art and the story, but there's not a lot of redeeming qualities to this story. Well, I will, say, I will say the art is drawn well. The panel and the page layout isn't as good as Infantino. Like, oh, of course. The, their art skill is there. How or whether or not the direction or their skill is is appropriated towards environments is entirely different. Again, we mm. had that conversation back with Flash where... We don't know if that was Kaniger's writing that sure. told Infantino how to draw the pages, or if it was Infantino taking what Kaniger was saying and just drawing more than he was being told. It seems like now, looking at Kaniger's writing interpreted by other artists, that it was more Infantino than it was Kaniger. On the one hand, yes. On the other hand, it is at least the paneling, like where the panels are on the page and how many and what, mm -hmm. what layout, that actually is structurally sound like they do mix it up it's not just the six panel grid so i i was happy about that they do those like three shots in a row to show the passage of time like mm -hmm. uh but it none of it lands and sometimes like the shots themselves just looks it, it, it's weirdly cropped like there's one that's one shot that's diana's tiara down to her upper lip specifically her upper lip is all that's showing it's it's not like it's hey let's do a full headshot or it's not hey let's just do like the eyes for the intensity it's no it's half it's her upper head down to half of her mouth yep it's the weirdest thing uh i have some random notes oh good <laughs> uh interesting bit so the one bit of like positive feminism that actually happens in these comics because god knows there's not any in the comics. We, we were looking for uh, them. <laughs> yep. Uh, but between stories, in each issue, there's a one-page uh, history anecdote about women in history, like oh, cool. Mary Curie. Uh, there are also some little drawn notes about wedding and courting customs in different cultures, hmm. which is kind of cool. It, it does kind of otherize different cultures, but it treats European customs about the same way as it does other regions, so... I think it works culturally it, interesting it treats everyone as sort of charmingly superstitious like oh if you uh shake hands with your sweetie over a midsummer bonfire which sounds like a bad idea yeah, don't do that. Uh, then you'll fall in love forever that that kind of thing you know those like programs that we talked about where you like sell stuff and you get points towards prizes yeah i remember those they offer a pony yes named yesery yesery i love it uh, do what I can. Shannon, do you want a pony named Yesery? No, sorry. Oh, good answer. That was a good answer. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, no, that was good. That was good. Uh, the one other bit, and this is, like, I pro this probably should have been at the top of the random section because it's actually relevant. It really bugged me on a, like, comics nerd, like, rooted in my ways kind of way that Hippolyta was rooting for Diana. That, that, that bugged me, but it's also, like, I can acknowledge it's not necessarily a bad story as a result. It was just, this isn't the way it's supposed to be. Yeah, However, what woman. did bug me was the, like, legit feels like a bad story decision was the fact that by having everyone else dress up as Diana, Diana was literally making it about her. Yeah. She was centering herself as the, the focal point of all of that, and yeah. that bugged me. Mm-hmm. They could have all just worn hoods or something or yep. whatever. I don't know. And, and or the also... masks that happen mm -hmm. in every other version. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, 
little domino masks or what have you or like helmets they all could have worn helmets or something it would have been easier to draw because you wouldn't have to draw so many women's hair and face <laughs> one of the things that this really made me realize is that my version my idea of wonder woman is inherently a serious character right. like not can't make jokes but drama first like i don't have a mental space in my head for a 1966 batman camp level of wonder woman and maybe that's just I haven't been exposed to a good version of that. But seeing a version of Wonder Woman like this who is, even if she's treating it a little bit seriously, the stories are fundamentally, you had a bird run, uh, fly by and grab the penny out of the air. And earlier that penny got grabbed by a kid and spent in a candy machine. It's just... And eventually landed on some, like, Russian sub or something. Yes! Other. You've actually... You, you gotta actually watch the the show. The no. live-action show. Oh, 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 that show. Oh. It's, no, that's the that's the Batman 66 equivalent. It's, it's better. It's not actually campy. It's more kid-friendly Charlie's Angels okay. of the time period. It wasn't as bad as you would imagine, but there's a reason it was highly respected. It wasn't... Xena warrior princess levels of femme power, but it was definitely much more, much more aware, I think, than this was, and a little bit more fun, and shows the fun of the character because it's Wonder Woman. So, is this a good chance for us to tangent into uh, recommendations, or are there other bits that we want to? Recommendations works for me. Okay, so I want to talk a little like. I am going to recommend Black Panther. I have already said that. I am going to try to limit how much I say because, first off, I don't want to be a spoiler guy. The movie's out. But also, but also more, more importantly, I just kind of want to touch on the, the core thematic bit that resonated with me. It really fascinated me that a year ago when Spider-Man came out, I talked on the podcast about how I, I found it fascinating that we were finally getting movies from Marvel that weren't Marvel template movies that we were getting like it was an indie movie uh, mm. it was the, uh, an indie high school movie is sort of the way it felt to me uh, and that we also had Logan uh, as a western and we had Wonder Woman which was definitively not a Marvel movie even if it was a superhero movie it didn't have the well, banter. Isn't a Marvel movie. I, I know but it didn't have like it didn't have the Marvel template of banter and witty repartee kind of stuff yeah, and just over sport. the top stuff yeah uh, and at that point I said that it would be really interesting and I, it felt like it was coming that we would have Marvel movies that weren't just Marvel movies that there was space in that umbrella for different kinds of movies and now we have it like Black Panther was funny at points, certainly, but it was fundamentally a dr it was a uh, drama. Mm -hmm. It was an art movie. Now, art movie isn't the right word, but it was a serious movie before it was any kind of superhero movie. You could take the superhero side of that movie out, and it still works, and it feels emotionally correct. Mm -hmm. It fascinated me on that level. And actually, that was one of the reasons that... like. I was writing down notes afterwards. It's like, on the one hand, like, I didn't know how much I enjoyed it, like, how much fun it was. Like, it didn't have the, like, burger savoriness of a Marvel movie where it's just, okay, that was a ton of fun and I laughed a bunch. Mm -hmm. But it was good. Yeah. And I kept thinking about it today. 
And Peko family rule is that's one of the tests that a movie has to pass is you have, did you think about it the next day? And I didn't really think about Wonder Woman the next day. It just, for, for whatever reason, it didn't stick with me in that way. But yeah, Black Panther, I've been thinking about. I would sort of, going back to some stuff we were talking earlier, I think a good comic that does a good retcon um, is honestly, truly the Archie comics done by Mark Wade and Fiona Staples, where it literally is sort of a start and a reboot of the Archie comics series. It's completely new art, so you get a different feel, a different sense of gravitas. And you don't necessarily need to have known the original Archie to still enjoy this new Riverdale. Um, I'm not recommending necessarily the Riverdale comics. I've not read that, but would highly recommend the Archie. Um, I finished the first volume of Bitch Planet. Nice. Um, it's good. I like it. Uh, There's a a level of Bitch Planet where it's hard for me to root for some of the characters because they are criminals, but that gets alleviated because their crimes are predominantly resisting the government patriarchy that exists in that world so that's an interesting thing for me is i've I've actually never watched orange is the new black and i wonder if i'd have the same enjoyment of that show because those women are actually criminals according to the laws of this country versus in a fictional futuristic universe in a you know male patriarchy run amok more so than i guess it is now um to the nth degree their crimes are predominantly, you know, not being the picture-perfect women that the patriarchy in that universe wants them to be. So, technically, their crimes are just being individualistic. And there's nothing wrong with that. So, at a point, it's really interesting to see how what got these women arrested shaped their identities what it was that they were doing dictates the type of character archetype that they are, which is actually really interesting and a very um, cool dissection of character in general. Uh, In the first volume, there is one character that gets a full backstory for an issue, which I thought was really good. Um, Hopefully, I don't know. Again, it's only the first volume. If I read more volumes and there are more character backstories, I'm going to be even more excited because I like learning about these characters, and they are very sympathetic and very um, understandable. And I think that one issue made me understand kind of where this the book is coming from and so it's it's really well well done um i want to get more um so i will and i would recommend it if you want to check something out that is i think the entire team is is women nice so that's cool as well um in the back of the volume there are discussion questions which i thought was very interesting that to me means both audiences are getting these these com- these discussion questions for one, I guess, women who don't have intersectional feminism reading that because it's primarily a women of color book as well, which is interesting too. Mm-hmm. There's very few um, non-women of color in the storyline. And those that are non-women of color are actually usually um, carryovers or stand-ins for the patriarchy. So it's, uh, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so those discussion questions would be good for women who don't really have an intersectional view of feminism. They're good for men as well, reading the comic for the first time. 
I think it's actually kind of cool that there's discussion questions in the back of the book. I was like, I was not expecting this. Let me read through these. And I totally did some of them where I was like, that's neat. So it's worth it just to make you think. And sometimes comics are good to make you think. Um, I think that will do it for this time, for this episode. The next episode is going to be more Wonder Woman. I'm sure Shannon will come back for that one as well and love to spout more about Skeev Trevor. Skeev Trevor. I'm never going to be able to unhear that. No, you're never not going to be because I haven't been able to unthink it since I thought about it. Um, Shannon, if, of course, if you would like to do more frequent appearances on the show, regardless of female characters, we'd love to see you here and get your thoughts on creepy men. Sure. Should they show up? Um, <laughs> but... We will finish off this one, and we will see you all next time uh, after Wonder Woman. We're doing the Justice League of America. Yes, we're excited for that. I hope it's good. I hope it's not awful. Star of the Conqueror. Uh, (laughs) All right. Wait, wait. Now, can I? There's a letter to an editor. Anytime I say censored, means it was like redacted, censored out of the letter. I sadly mourn the passing of Wonder Woman. She had such potential. Sure, the book isn't dead, but it might as well be. There are so many things wrong with the book that I shall have to take them one at a time. First off, is Diana Prince's liberated personality? This can't be the same Wonder Woman who was heard saying censored. No one, be they Amazon or human, can censored. Furthermore, anyone who looks as good as Diana does wouldn't go around making herself look up to be homely. Even her views are censored. She sits there and puts down Morgan Tracy because he won't notice her because she's homely. But what about her? She doesn't give a censored about the janitor in the UN with a skinny nose, bald head, and false teeth who might be falling over his bucket and mop in love with Diana the person. No, she can't be bothered with all the homely men at the UN. She has to spend her time cringing over some handsome, sophisticated man about town. Censored. Talk about chauvinistic attitudes. Prince is more censored than Tracy. At least he isn't a hypocrite. Second, Mr. Kaniger. Yeah, this is to Mr. Kaniger. Are your views? You're censored. Where do you pick out people such as Keats? Surely he's not patterned after any real person. I know no one that rude or that narrow-minded. If you think this censored is what people want to read, you have got to be kidding. Either that or you need to have your head examined. You try to do a woman's lib book and then make the chick look like censored. Then, to top it all off, you write into the story a scene where lots of censored. Also, the last page. Thirdly, I would like to mention the great art. There wasn't any. You were some editor, Mr. Kaniger. Wow. You, are, you not only mess up the story, but you also take out the best art Wonder Woman has ever had and put in the most mediocre you can find. Fourthly, dialogue. Shades of Neptune. Thunderbolts of Jove. Ola. Great Hera. Suffering Sappho and Merciful Minerva have got to go. This censored is so bad, it makes radio comics look good. Fifth, that title, Target Wonder Woman. She wasn't the target dummy, Tracy was. Don't you ever read your own stories? Sixth and last, censored. Mr. Kaniger, you have added a new level of quality to Wonder Woman. It's about five rungs below the past all-time low. Congratulations. He responded to it. (laughs) Was this in the letters column? Yeah, this was in the letters column. He responded to it. Are you ready? Dear me, censored. (laughs) (laughs) That is what we have to look forward to. Oh, joy. Oh, joy. DC Detectives can be found on iTunes and SoundCloud. To stay in the know, check out our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and DCDetectivesPodcast.com. 
When Shannon asked us to assist her with her Wonder Woman case, we were happy to lend a hand. None of us were prepared for what we encountered, though. Steve's magnified misogyny, Diana's redesign, the Amazon's strange pastimes, it was all wrong. Shannon, determined to get to the bottom of this, asked us to stay on a little longer and see what else had changed about the princess. Deep down, though, we were dreading what we would find next.